0: And we're live. Uh, hopefully, everyone can hear me. Uh, I am the real underscore G Warner on Twitter. Hit the follow button if you can. Um, gonna do, be doing a bunch of these, but uh, this is gonna be a blockbuster type of afternoon uh, with plenty of sports coverage, specifically all of the uh, major uh, European soccer leagues that are starting this week. Um, We'll be covering the English Premier League, then La Liga, and if you're still with me, uh, we'll be going through the Bundesliga at the end of today's podcast. Still planning to do a weekly podcast um, on the domestic leagues and betting slates. This one is going to be uh, structured mainly on futures and on... Uh, Orders of finish, relegation, all those sort of things that you can put in before the season starts. And then we'll see what happens after that. Um, Not sure exactly where this will go today and how long it'll take. But uh, thanks for coming along for the ride. And without further ado, now that we've gone one minute in with an intro, uh, start with the Premier League, which um, is the biggest money league out there. Uh, Plenty of drama all over the place, even though Messi isn't involved with this one, uh, as far as I know. And coming into looking at futures and all sort of things, checking off season stuff and and the the transfers that have been made, I was pretty interested in looking into Liverpool to win the Premier League. I think last season they were still getting really big lines and were still um, either a public darling or at least a market darling. Uh, But unfortunately, I think one of the biggest problems for them were injuries that uh, you'd think after being pretty healthy when they won the league the year before to then having uh, one of the worst ratings for health or metrics throughout uh, all of the big European soccer leagues that you'd think they might be coming back towards the mean. Uh, certainly we'll be dealing with some injuries and who knows if one injury will lead to another. Uh, but considering how many important pieces missed their matches last season, uh, that I think they're going to be in a much better position. I think Jurgen Klopp had to change the entire uh, strategy that he employs really based on uh, the personnel he had. I think being unable to press high up the pitch uh, and really put – force uh, your opponent into mistakes in their back lines uh, really changed who Liverpool was and having to come down the pitch, go against the shell defenses that everyone was playing against them uh, was clearly an issue for him. As you saw losses to Burnley and, and, and other teams like that, that were kind of, Unbelievable, I think, based on when he went in uh, checking out what, what spreads were entering those matches. But I think it's gonna be different this year. Virgil van Dyke returning seems like he's gonna be a go for week one uh, or match day one. We'll see what happens. But uh, and certainly always concerned about re injury and things like that. But I was I was really interested in looking into Liverpool. Uh, but then with the amount of transfer activity that the other clubs namely chelsea and manchester city have been undertaking have been incredible i mean it's amazing what oil barons or oligarchs or whatever you want to call them oil basically is running european soccer now with seeing what psg has done pretty much everyone has uh really suffered from the coronavirus pandemic except for uh the oil tycoons manchester city chelsea and psg um of course i get a call in the background hopefully that doesn't shut this off anyway um i think we're through that one i'm on every do not call list apparently or the opposite of that everyone's calling me all the time now it's lovely anyway back to the story um so chelsea has made an incredible movements um i think that were were pretty unexpected luring Romelo lukaku away from inter who didn't seem like they wanted to sell him but also have been trying to trim their wage bills. So I think I think Chelsea were did some good business. Found uh, an asset that they wanted on a team that wasn't or at a club that was looking to try to shed some payroll. Um, and I think that's going to be a great move because Romelu Lukaku has been able to score the the, the ball whenever he gets it, um, whether it's in European competition or for. Uh, Inter in in Syria, ah, he's been incredible, and that was the one piece that Chelsea seemed like they were missing. I feel like they overpaid; probably could have gone after Holland for a similar price, but um, I'll leave that all to the side. And, and really, not here to debate strategy, but instead talking about kind of what these teams are going to look like. And certainly, there could be some movement coming up. We saw Jack Grealish just signed by City this week. Uh, doesn't look like Harry Kane's moving, but who knows? Um, we still got a little bit more time left. So Manchester City currently uh, odds-on favorites to win the Premier League. Uh, it's probably deserved, but that's quite a number to, to, to offer. Um, I think last season they they turned around their entire team, really. Uh, I think offense was still kind of an issue for them, but when you don't allow any any goals, it's pretty easy uh, to win a league. And I think that's going to be where Manchester City is built again this season. Uh, Jack Grealish, we'll see how long he can stay healthy, certainly. There are going to be plenty of attackers and still a false nine type of strategy from Manchester city. Uh, Can't, can't really doubt Pep Guardiola and his, his background, his experience, what he's really put together um, throughout his, his managerial tenure. But Um, I think being odds on favorite with Chelsea looking as strong as they have beating them in the in the Champions League final and then with Liverpool coming back to health and we still haven't even I haven't even touched on or mentioned Manchester United yet. So there's plenty. I think those are the top four. Uh, I'm not sure that that Tottenham is really anywhere close. I mean, when it drops from Manchester United at eight to one to Tottenham Hotspur at 40 to one to win the league, you can see the chasm between the top four and further. Um, And I think that matters then because I was planning to discuss um, as I have a a wager on Monaco to finish top three, which is a champions league qualification in France in, in league. I think it's a a big difference here because I I was potentially looking at top four finishes and and potentially wanting to find some underdogs there. But as an underdog player uh, myself, I'm not really looking at playing anything odds on, especially for tying your money up for six months, but seeing my options at, at who might finish top four uh, in with a plus in front of their, their name is, is Tottenham unlikely Arsenal, um, even in worse shape, potentially will could finish above Tottenham, but like still plenty of questions there. Leicester city who have been in position the last two seasons to finish in a great position to get into champions league and haven't been able to do it. Um, And then it falls even further to Everton at 10 to one. So Tottenham, Arsenal, Leicester, all between four and four and a half to one to finish top four in the premier league. But then Everton dropping at 10 to one Leeds coming in 12 to one, which is pretty incredible for a newly promoted side last season that, that did pretty well stayed up. And certainly a lot of that was because they spent a lot of money on their, on their roster. Unlike the other two that they came up with, who of course went down. Um, But those are all interesting things, I think, to me. And then if, if you look even further out, the top six finishes in the Premier League, um, that number then I think becomes a little bit more interesting because Tottenham all of a sudden beca- becomes an odds-on favorite. Sonny and, and Harry Kane are certainly very important and is, is a hard uh, one-two punch to match from a lot of these other teams competing in that area. But I think looking into uh, Leicester, Arsenal, Everton, I- I'm pretty low on at this point. But there might be some surprises maybe in the finish of the top six, which would qualify for Europa league. Uh, and does mean something now that there's a even less interesting to the clubs, uh, Europa conference league, which I think, um, will make sixth place feel a lot different than seventh place and all that sort of stuff. So those are some things that I, I I'm interested in. And I think I plan to go through a team by team in each of these bigger leagues to try to give an idea of kind of where I sit. And so I, I guess I might as well do that now. Um, And then we'll go through relegation and things like that. But so Premier League, uh, Man City is the the odds on favorite, Uh, incredible defense last season. Going to be really hard to back to go against them because they don't give up goals. And then you're pretty much if you're going the other way, you're really hoping you can score, which is pretty unlikely. But then if you can't score, you need to keep Man City um, to one goal is is likely what a lot of these spreads are going to look like based on an odds on favorite here to, to win the league. Um, maybe that's a possibility that, that teams can do that. But ultimately, when you're in a, in a club season situation, losing one nil is, is nothing better. Goal differential doesn't seem to matter to any of these clubs until the end of the season, if that at all. So um, throwing keepers forward for a late corner kick, um, really changing game plans as you hit the 75th minute. Uh, to try to push forward, try to score a goal to get, to get an equalizer, um, really puts a lot of these inferior sides in, in really tough positions. Where, um, unfortunately, if they're if they're not going to get a draw in a match and they're trailing, they're likely going to lose by two goals. And uh, what I've learned from uh, pretty watching as much soccer as I could last season, um, club soccer that is. Uh, it's pretty hard to stick around and there aren't many spreads that, that hit two goals or even higher than that. Though this Man City club might be one of those that uh, starts giving those, those numbers out. Um, Chelsea, great defense as well. Uh, Really missed the ability to score goals. Um, Penalty taker that didn't play all season. Jorginho, I think was their leading scorer last season. Um, Romelu Lukaku coming in, whether it's week one, match day one, or, or whenever, um, he's going to be an incredible force up front that will, I think, put them in a position to to really compete with Manchester City because um, defenses are similar. Thomas Kukul, uh, I think, got a lot of uh, hate at PSG, but seems like he's a great manager, um, seeing what he did with the same roster Frank Lampard had and was was not doing great with. Um, to really shore up a defense and make it so one goal uh, a match was enough for them to get three points was pretty important um, we saw their performance in champions league and, and and winning that and all that sort of stuff so i um, pretty impressed by chelsea and tuchel and i think that there's some i mean it the, the seismic chasm here, even from minus 140 at Bet online current odds to the, the five to one that Chelsea are getting to win uh, the Premier League is, is still quite a big gap and uh, does interest me a little bit. Uh, Liverpool, similar situation, another five to one that seems interesting. And I think that makes Chelsea's five to one shout uh, a little bit less, I guess, interesting to me because there's two teams that sit in this area and, and Liverpool were on my list for a while. Um it really, all depends on on what type of uh, gig and press that that Jurgen Klopp will play, and if he can push forward and, and really put um, use what looked to be an aging front line last season against shell defenses. If he can put them in more of a high press situation where they're turning over the, the opposing defense, because everyone seems to want to play out of their from their keeper rather than launching long balls just to get the ball out of, of their of their area, uh, and that seems to be a very uh, risky proposition for a lot of these these clubs that don't have keepers that can really uh, move the ball around their feet as as easily as they think they can. Um, Liverpool I think will be made based on how they're able to to counter press and if they can press up the field as much as they did two seasons ago and a lot of that depends on not having 19 year olds playing center back and maybe um, Virgil van Dijk will be able to kind of offer that uh, hopefully if he stays healthy for the whole season. I think freak injury but um, that's what happened and, and we'll see how, how his recovery goes and if they need to start um, weaning him off of every match or, or I haven't I haven't read any reports that he's gonna play anything but all 38 matches uh, but we'll see what happens with that uh, Manchester United then come up at eight to one um, pretty proud famous club that has struggled um, I think to, to reach the the out of space or outer space expectations that, that are probably unrealistic for a club every year. Uh, But they've been in a downturn for sure. Um, Talk about the Glazers and and their ownership and how much they're investing and taking out of the club, really Um, still a very good team, uh, but certainly look like a a side that have fallen uh, behind Chelsea and Liverpool. Um, I'm sure they don't want to say that. and, And obviously way behind Manchester city as well. Um, But they're a side that fell behind a lot of matches and really used their talent being so so much significantly better than their opponents to really, uh, that's how they finished second in in the premier league last season. I'm not sure that um, certainly they deserve credit for that because finishing second is is an achievement and that type of of performance uh, is is one that deserves some kudos um, based on kind of what they have at their disposal compared to their uh their rivals but i'm sure it's not a happy type of situation and they have a lot of, of room to to grow and improve in order to get to a certain area because i think um their defense was was pretty shoddy i, I think rafael Veron coming in he's certainly had some bad moments but um that'll help to really add some speed to to kind of support harry Maguire. so that's an important thing we saw luke shaw play so well in the euros this summer um there's some some really good things to think about for Manchester United and we'll see what happens with them and really how much they can get from Edison Cavani as he ages and then the others that potentially Mason Greenwood filling in behind him um and learning from him to see really what type of uh prospects he can really turn into or come out of being a prospect into a superstar contributor. Uh Tottenham, plenty of issues with Um, their, their team in general. I think the Romero signing from Atalanta was pretty important for their defense. uh, It's really how they got out of out of, I guess, the club. Um, I think having Rodon as a backup showed that he was somewhat capable both playing for Tottenham last season as kind of a guy that everyone was afraid of. And then also for Wales, uh, the national team, I think he, he did fine. Uh, I'm not sure these a game changer by any means, but you don't really want that center back uh, anyway. Uh, Leicester City have had some terrible collapses, but seeing them, I, I guess, fifth most likely to win, or excuse me, sixth most likely to win uh, the Premier League is, is saying something considering how well they've performed. Certainly they've lost players and seeing Fofana as one of their young studs breaking his leg. Uh, in, a, in one of the latest friendlies, that was pretty tough and I'm sure will affect them going forward. They're certainly going to have to play um, with some kind of replacements in the center back, and maybe you see a transfer in and try to, to bolster that because um, you never know with and Chu how many red, card he's, red cards he's going to pick up. But um, still, pretty solid team. Bren Rogers, I think, has proven beyond reasonable doubt that we can trust him to do really well. Uh, as manager there. So we'll see what happens. But uh, we moved to Arsenal and there's so many issues, so much so much talent, a lot of youth. Arteta always gets incredible compliments from Pep Guardiola and I feel like he's a guy we should trust. Uh, but they simply haven't done it. Discipline's been an issue. Uh, they had a, a pretty awful start to the season last year and, and kind of came out of that pretty well, but still didn't finish anywhere near the top of the league. Uh, and I think as a big favorite is still someone I'd want to be against. Everton... Uh, pulling in a manager that, that seemed like really was just to kind of fill a gap and we'll see how long he lasts, Rafa Benitez, but um, had no offense last season, had some decent goal-scoring threats, opportunists, I guess you could call it. And Richarlison had a great summer, but played as much as anybody possibly could with Copa America and then all the way to the, the Olympics final in, or Olympic final in, in, in Japan. So um not sure what he's going to possess, but maybe potentially getting – him and, and uh, Calvert-Lewin in a timeshare might be good, but Calvert-Lewin hardly played for England in the Euros. So I think there's plenty of offensive questions about Everton uh, and seeing what uh, their previous manager, Ancelotti, was doing with playing as many defenders as he could at once, like four center backs at a time. That'll certainly stifle a, a, a defense, but I also feel like it was there to try to, because that was the best thing he could do, was try to keep it, as clean as possible on the backside um, with who knows Jordan Pickford, just doing really weird stuff always as keeper. Um, but I'm, I'm looking to fade them whenever they're a favorite, really, as much as I possibly can. Aston Villa trading, basically selling Jack Grealish, trying to bring in others that um, Buendia will, was, I think a decent signing, but um, certainly not in the type of level that, that Jack Grealish has shown. And, Basically, when Jack Grealish got hurt last season, the Villa offense disappeared. I think they're a defensive side that I want to support, um, potentially look to back. Um, I mean, Martinez has shown as a goalkeeper um, how incredible he is and kind of crazy that Arsenal sent him on loan so many years. But maybe that kind of added to who he is. Um, Leeds, uh, a front foot, uh, all offensive type club who I think did show some more, I guess, pragmatic play against some of the bigger, bigger sides, bigger clubs. And that, that did help them. I think as we pushed later into the season, Um, we'll see if that continues. I'm not sure exactly what to expect from that, but uh, until Bielsa retires, I think you got to expect them playing with a ton of energy and trying to push forward. And that's a really good plan and really kept them up um, while the other two promoted sides went down last season. I think Leeds being aggressive and trying to win points was a, a big reason that they're still in the league. in addition to the money they spent. Uh, West Ham, not a lot of respect for their season last season, seeing them basically middle of the pack. Um, But we'll see see what happens with them. I think um, their defense was great, losing Lingard, who was kind of a, a talisman coming over as a loanee um, when they are having trouble scoring goals for as long as I can remember was important. So we'll see how they react to, to not having that. Mikel Antonio's always injured, but when he's there, he's important. And uh, I think their defense has been good enough that you can respect them to, to try to at least stay and hang around other teams, which can be good as an underdog. Uh, Brighton, the darling, uh Grand Potter, the darling of, of pretty much ev- all of the English media it seemed, um, yet we're – Around, hanging around relegation all season. So I, I'm not sure that I see the the, the positive really as, as brightly as, as the rest of the media does around England. Uh, Wolverhampton with new manager coming in. Nuno seemed to like do well there, but ultimately couldn't really survive them selling a lot of their best players and the Raul Jimenez injury, which left them with almost nobody to put the ball in the net. And that's a problem. Um, I don't really see that changing too much. We'll see what we can get from Jimenez this season. Um, and there's a lot to, to wonder with, with, with Wolverhampton, uh, Southampton, um, has an hotel showed that he is going to play one way. Didn't have a lot of depth based on, uh, their financial situation. And I uh, don't really see a lot of that changing, especially with Ings just being sold. Um, not sure how they're going to score the, the ball really. And so that's kind of makes sense where they are. Burnley, they're always going to play in that defensive type of setup, um, kind of, Fell out of that a little bit towards the end of the last season, but Chris Wood was on fire. Um, got a little bit of seasoning this su- the this summer playing for New Zealand in the Olympics uh, as an overage player. But uh, I think we're going to expect them to be uh, one of those those tightly wound uh, shell defenses, and we'll see what happens. And, and they'll they'll struggle to beat um, other teams, but I think we'll be able to hang with with some of those that that can't score just like them. Crystal Palace with Patrick Vieira coming on. I uh, watched their friendly against Watford and it seemed like they were bossing that game around, but I think that's going to be ha- kind of what happens when they play inferior sides, like, like Watford, who we'll get to in a little bit. Um, Brentford, I think is, is interesting based on how well they've been doing the championship and never getting to the big league. Um, but then we'll see what happens. Cause it, it hasn't looked like they've changed their, their side as much as I think some people would expect it with some signings and things like that coming in. I think they're preparing to go down again. Newcastle surprising to see them as such a long shot uh, to win the premier league, but they were in in big trouble for a lot of last season. So it's not really that surprising. I think Newcastle have shown that they really can't defend, uh, they can't score goals and that's a really bad combination, uh, in a soccer on a soccer pitch Norwich, um, Kind of the yo-yo side, it looks like, of England coming, getting relegated first uh, during the pandemic season, coming back straight up, winning uh, the championship last season, and, and selling a bunch of their players. Godfrey's gone, um, selling Buendia this season, and we'll see what happens with kind of who they brought in. They brought Lise Malou in from uh, League 1, and that was, a, I think, a good signing, but we'll see how much a defensive midfielder really says about them, and Timo is certainly getting older every second that passes, just as the rest of us um, but it's even worse on a soccer pitch. And then Watford looks pretty poor uh, in the friendly with Crystal Palace. Got, I mean, who knows what to take from friendlies. But I think there's a lot of questions about them. Um, and they're probably going to switch their manager like five or six times. Uh, so that brings us to through, I guess, one by one of each of the clubs in order of, of what their expect- expectations are and odds to win uh, the Premier League. Uh, relegation seeing Norwich favored and Watford even money uh, is a little bit surprising to me to see Norwich on the other side of Watford, but um, both those look like the two most likely to go down Brentford next. And then Crystal Palace above them with Burnley and the Newcastle, surprisingly a lot higher in the relegation area um, or less likely to be relegated while they're very unlikely to win uh, the premier league. I don't see a huge difference difference uh that should split those two up as significantly but um there is certainly a, obviously a, a difference between getting pushed out as finishing in 18th place versus winning the whole thing um in terms of long shots i'd, I'd listed uh bordeaux based on financial troubles and a manager that didn't really make a lot of sense um in france potentially sticking out in terms of the premier league i don't really know like southampton only three and a half to one, so that's not even that uh, far-fetched Brighton at five to one based on their manager. I think, and, and how everyone loves him, I, I wouldn't put it past. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't expect that sort of thing to happen, but that's only a five to one price. So it seems like the relegation numbers are pretty, um, pretty close to even um, which is saying something I think, and and some certainly could be something you want to look at at the bottom based on expenditures and, and squad values, like uh, bring up transfer market, for example. So, um seeing burnley as as the least valued um is is kind of a shock but they've been doing it for so long the same way that it's hard to really expect that to change too much uh, but that certainly could provide a bit of a problem if you're trying to play a brentford watford norwich all to be relegated type of number um those are the three so i guess norwich is the least valuable of the three that just got promoted watford uh, above them and then brentford above them uh, but still a pretty big trough between. or or I guess difference between them and crystal palace. So you have like, according to transfer market, you have about $70 million between crystal palace and Brentford, then 16 between Brentford, and Watford 11 between Watford and Norwich, and then Burnley right there, 1 million below. So I think that probably speaks to uh, Burnley potentially being an issue. If you're going to try to play all the recently promoted sides as relegation targets, um, just them potentially falling in there. But, uh, Crystal palace somehow being lower. Sounds like a lot of people are pretty down on crystal palace or at least book uh, bet online is offering that because a lot of people have been throwing bets that way. Um, and I think that's 25 minutes on the premier league. So that's plenty. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit more quickly. Um, with La Liga As I actually don't have any relegation numbers up. I'll try to pull them up separately. Uh, so, okay. So 24 minutes and 18 seconds, we're going to now switch to, to Spain. So, uh i think a lot of people have been paying attention um there is (laughs) a lot going on in spain with their financial situation la liga i think trying to basically protect itself from everyone collapsing in on each other um just based on how much money uh barcelona has spent on on their team and seeing exactly what that looks like um that that incredible scenes to see uh Messi not returning to the club despite being ready to sign a deal to let that sort of thing happen, just completely wild. But you know, it is what it is at this point. Um, he looks like he's off to Paris, and now we got to figure out what's going to happen to the rest of uh, the league. So, based on those type of movements, I think Barcelona were a favorite to win uh, the La Liga, but now Real Madrid have, despite making almost no signings, they have come in as almost even money uh, right around even money plus one Oh five to win the La Liga Um, Real Madrid have Benzema and a very uh, new center back rotation with Alba coming in who will help them. But ultimately I think there's some big questions about Real Madrid and really about this entire uh, league in general. Um, But I think Real Madrid, especially with Zidane out Ancelotti coming back in, I think that's, a little bit uh, of a downgrade, but at least Ancelotti's been there before and knows what he's dealing with. Uh, I, I guess they're going back to La Bernabeu after all the construction that's been done and playing in like their practice stadium for as long as they did probably save them a bunch of money, which maybe Barcelona should have done. Um, but ultimately we are where we are. Real Madrid is still going to be um, given a lot of respect by odds makers based on their name. So it's, it's a, a good idea, but to actually look to, to being against them, but uh, at this point, I think it's hard to see that there's any value in taking them at uh, right about even money to, um, to to win the league. So maybe that maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't. I'm not sure. Um, but I certainly won't be playing that one. I will be looking down the list as we go further. So uh, without further ado, we get to Barcelona at two and a half to one. Uh, and then right with them is Atleti to defend their title at almost three to one. Um, so Barcelona and Atleti are pretty close. And then there's a big drop off to Sevilla at 14 to one, and then even further to Real Sociedad at 13 to one. So, or excuse me, 33 to one. So Barcelona two and a half to one uh, based on not being a registered new players, who knows what's going to happen with them. So I think we got to take them off of being a really talented side that have put together a ton of a really good talent. Um, even before their summer signings this season, Ronald Koeman has shown Uh, with the Dutch national team that he's a great manager, but didn't really go as well for him um, at Barcelona so far. They were still in the running for the title till almost towards the end of last season, but were pretty, I think, poor based on a lot of standards, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think Barcelona have have always been able to score the goals. Um, A lot of that's because Messi has been um, someone you have to put two or three people on to try to keep him as quiet as you possibly can, which is still a very difficult thing to do. Um, but there's still plenty of other talented players in that, in that team that will be able to score goals and, uh, an aging backline will certainly also be an issue. Um, but they are still a lot more talented than a lot of other teams that have very little and few resources, um, in the rest of La Liga. I do think seeing them on an international stage in Champions League is someone you might want to look to potentially to fade Barcelona, um, once they're, Playing teams that can actually have the wherewithal to spend money or have been making signings, um, but I wouldn't cast Barcelona too far off into running into this, I guess, winning this championship um, because La Liga is, has done very little activity. Now Atleti they did win, kind of took ran out to a big lead and then kind of fell fell apart, but did <laughs> I guess didn't fall apart enough for Real Madrid or Barcelona to catch them. Um, and they did sign Rodrigo De Paul, who's a great. Uh, creator, and I think will do a lot for Atleti against some of the smaller clubs um, to try to create offense, which is something they need. And, and clearly, when you're playing the weaker teams in the league, who will play in a shell, um, going for three points is what they're going to be doing. They don't have to worry as much about defending, though that's where Atleti has basically built um, their club under Simeone. So that shouldn't be too big of, a, of an issue for them. Um, I think Atleti at almost three to one look like, uh, I mean, they didn't look great in winning La Liga last year, but they the fact is they did that. Um, and the, the other clubs next to them have really have not done much in the transfer market, um, whereas Atleti brought in, like I just said, Rodrigo de Paul, they also have done, I think, a, a lot to bolster their side over the last few seasons. Um, really, that seems like their only big entry, um, as I scan transfer market right now, live on the fly and then they, they lost guys that I've never really even heard of. So there's a lot of status quo. And with that said, um, they are the status of the champions. If we, we hold on to status quo, uh, moving to Sevilla who have definitely done some, some selling, looks like Kunde might be moving. Um, we'll see if that actually occurs. Uh, but they had a, a pretty tough stretch uh, started off the season really well. And we're, we're ultimately in the race for the title for until the last month by at least, and if not even the last two or three weeks. Um, they struggled a little bit when playing Champions League against against Dortmund and also trying to, to match their uh, La Liga commitments, plus they had Cup Copa del Rey commitments and, and were playing a ton of matches, and it kind of showed that they didn't have as much depth as I think a lot of people expected. They're still a really talented side. They won a ton of matches 1-0 last season, um, much to my chagrin betting against them because they really – were kings of the 85, 85th minute goals to win. Um, but that's something to value, I think, when they play against the better sides and someone that uh, you want to potentially look to um, as that style has played. And I think we can all feel pretty good about their manager and, and kind of how, how Sevilla have performed under him, especially in Europa League. Um, Real Sociedad come up next. They uh, They started the year off as well as they could and then kind of drifted towards the middle of the season and, and towards the end. Um, but they are 33-1 to 1 in that, I guess, next, that fifth most likely to win La Liga. I don't know that they're going to be in a position to really challenge the bigger clubs because, unfortunately, no one in Spain has had much money to do too many transfers. Um, next, Villarreal coming off the Champions League, or I guess the Transfers League qualification because they won the Europa League playing defense the whole time against against Manchester United. Um, they didn't have a great season in in and. I guess you could have said they put all their eggs in the in the Europa League basket. I'm not sure that they did that, but it ended up working for them to get into Champions League. Um, but they are, are I think, distant and are ultimately a pretty small club that have outperformed. And so this could be returning to, to kind of what we would expect, returning reversion to the mean. Uh, next, Real Betis at 100-1. Surprised to see them double as likely to win as Villarreal, um, but a, a side that Broaden Pellegrini, who really stabilised their defense, which was atrocious in the COVID season, um, they've been getting better. They still have Nabil Fekir, who is learning and getting more used to La Liga, and certainly if he can control his temper, it could be a really important part of of the Real Betis offense. Athletic Club Bilbao have uh, one fifty to one as we start. Really climbing away um, from likely teams to win. Uh, they they had a really I think up and down doesn't really explain them as much as I think I'd like it to. They they have a defensive side that have some offensive pieces, um, and we'll see what happens. I think with with kind of where they they end up, but um, they're they're a good club that I think have or a team I want to back against some of the bigger places because they have uh, the ability to, to compete. They, they play good defense. They're good at um, at really hanging around with um, the rest of, I think the bigger clubs, despite not having really the budgets with their bass players, only rules, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I did find on Bovada. They do have some top four finished numbers, which I'll, I'll go through a little bit later. Once I finish each of the teams, uh, Celta De Vigo, all offense, uh, not a lot of defense, tough to back them against sides that are gonna that are better than them, uh, but ultimately can score a ton of goals. And when they play teams that can't really score very much, it's, it's hard for those other teams to kind of play with Celta Vigo, especially when Celta's on the road, um, for them to try to keep up with them offensively because when one team's pushes forward, that plays right into Celta De Vigo's hands. We'll see with Iago Aspas. I know he's getting up there in age. What do you type of... Uh, what he offers the team this season. Getafe, uh, and I don't even need to see prices because they're all above 200 to one at this point. Um, Getafe with no offense whatsoever, uh, brought a new manager. We'll see what happens with them. Um, but I can't imagine they're going to change too much. Um, really, they were a side I wanted to be against as much as possible when they were a favorite last season. And I think I'm going to continue to look to do that even with uh border loss. moving on, um, which he's now in Valencia, which somehow are f- 50 excuse me 500 to one which is crazy to see them so far down that list uh levante had a really great uh stretch of the season that pushed them to the copa del rey semi-final um had some defensive issues have some good offensive creators though that i think are pretty important we'll see what they they do with retaining their players so they're not a big budget club osasuna uh, in the pamplona area running with the bulls um up and down season for sure as i think you'll, you'll probably say this about a lot of teams but uh a good team, I think, ultim- ultimately um, can hang with a lot of teams, created a lot of chances, just couldn't score goals last season, and that's going to be one of those things, I think, with the poor clubs, or maybe poor is the wrong word. Whatever, I'll move on. Uh, Alaves then next, a 50-1. to Espanol, uh, recent promotion, uh, had been around and qualified for uh, European play, uh, and then got relegated in a, <laughs> a year where clearly they didn't have a uh, deep enough club. Uh, to even stick around the top flight nice to see them come right back granada coming in selling some of their players um but based on what i've seen from them over the past two seasons is is granada were a team of of depth and that's something nice to see um that a lot of these other clubs don't have they might not be as uh the top line might not look as as pretty as some of these other clubs but they have plenty of players behind them use their substitutions well and that's someone that that Ultimately, I think, has done great and, and showed well in themselves last year in Europa League and our team that I think people want to back, or at least I do. Uh, Next, Valencia, one of the bigger, more proud clubs, but I've done a ton of changes um, with their side. And so we'll see what happens. Bring in Bordelas to really fire or, or, I guess, stabilize their defense doesn't really seem like a great way for them to kind of come up the table. Um, but that was a choice that they wanted to make. So we'll see. Cadiz, who are going to surrender possession 75% of the time, want to be one of the least possession clubs in all of European football, but did a, a great job staying up, staying in the league. Didn't celebrate until it was confirmed, even though it was pretty clear that they are staying up last season. Um, one of those sides that when they're getting a big plus sign or uh, catching a full goal or whatever those numbers might end up being, um, a team that certainly made you money last season. Elche miraculously staying up with a big win at the end, I think over Cádiz, if I remember correctly. They're at a a, a 1,001 alongside Cádiz. Also Mallorca and Rayo Vallecano. Uh, Rayo seems to be the worst team in in this group, but maybe not as bad as... I don't know. Maybe Who knows? I I don't know a ton about them just yet, but I know that they're uh, generally considered to be one of the most meager sides. Mallorca were up in, in the league two seasons ago, um, did a lot of business selling other players around, didn't really seem like they could bring back Ante Budimir, who was on loan at Osasuna last season. Um, they're going to have trouble scoring goals, it seems. And the bottom of the league, uh, I think even from pretty much Hatafe, half middle of the league down, uh, scoring goals are going to be a big problem. And that might be a, a situation where those are the underdogs or the team as favorites teams that can't score, those are the ones I want to be against. Um, so now moving through uh, that top four proposition, um, as we've already gone through outright winners at the top, I think seeing Sevilla there as, a, as an underdog to finish fourth, basically, or finish top four, looks kind of nice to me. Um, Sociedad don't really seem like a, a huge challenger. A Real in Champions League are going to be really, really stretched. And so we'll see what that looks like to them. Um, maybe Betsy said six to one come in, athletic club. Like I said, I really like them as an underdog against the bigger sides, but um, Sevilla, I think, can have enough to beat up the other teams. We'll see what they end up selling, but that's interesting to me. I'll uh, we'll do a summary at the end of, of potential futures we'll look into. But now we'll move to the Bundesliga as the last portion of this. Went through Spain, hopefully quickly enough. Um, so uh, Bayern Munich, uh, minus 600 to win, likely will win because they have an, an ingenious strategy of having more money than everybody else and buying all the good players from the other clubs in Germany. So you make yourself better and make them worse. It's why they've won nine in a row or whatever it is now. Um, Meister And so uh, they probably should do it again. I think Dortmund are in a better position to compete this season, uh, like brought in a goalkeeper, done a lot of of business selling Sancho when they had plenty of, I think he didn't do a lot for them last season. And certainly when he was on the pitch, he was great, but um, they've got plenty of goal scoring talents. Holding on to Holland has been really important, at least so far. We'll see what happens in that winter transfer window if, if he potentially gets bought or sold or whatever you want to, however you want to term it. Um, I think Dortmund have shown that they can get through a really poor year that looked like they might not even make qualify for Champions League. They've they've done really well um, to to not have that happen. But they're in a position where they they really need to keep pushing forward. Uh, I think Leipzig losing their manager to Bayern Munich is, is an issue for them though. I'm, I'm not as big a fan of Nagelsmann as it seems like a lot of the community is, as I feel like he had some pretty poor performances it has taken Red Bull Leipzig to a position where they had, or resident, whatever, the rot, rotten bull in Leipzig, whatever uh, RBL. He took them to to heights. They hadn't been, but I think that um, I don't, I'm not sure that was all because he's a genius. Uh, and I wonder if Bayern might um, take a couple steps back after Hansi Flick was, was so great for them. Um, Leipzig had issues scoring goals last season after they sold Timo Werner. Maybe they can get him back. I'm not sure. Chelsea seemed to want to get rid of him um, for sure. But Leipzig are in a position where they spend more money than the rest of the German Bundesliga, and that's why they're better. Uh, but I'm still not sure they're great. And their defense has been pretty poor in European competitions, uh, as we've seen. Uh, Leverkusen then come up next at 66 to one. So we go Bayern minus 600. So odds on, but even more than City. Uh, Dortmund seven to one, Leipzig 10 to one. And then, which is kind of funny because Leipzig really struggles when they play Dortmund. uh, But then Leverkusen at 66 to one is next on the list. That's a huge, huge drop off. And it's kind of deserved because Leverkusen aren't really in the same type of atmosphere. um, though. I think Leipzig is getting a lot more credit than they deserve to be 10 to one, but regardless, Leverkusen uh, had a really all offense kind of strategy under Peter Bosch. And then he got sacked. They went all defense and really uh, put them in a position where they weren't winning enough matches. And they were already a long shot, I think to get into the champions league or whatever. Uh, but ended up not coming close to the European spots that they were expected to preseason. And that will make their season a lot easier because they don't have as many distractions. Um, Same sort of thing with Gladbach at 66 to one coming up next. Uh, They, They lost their manager to Dortmund, but ended up stealing Wolfsburg's manager, I believe. So, like, the amount of of the coaching carousel, manager carousel in in Germany has been incredible. Gladbach were, um, I think, struggled under Vosa, especially when he was announcing that he was leaving to Dortmund. They immediately went in the toilet, and that was a big problem for them. Couldn't really recover from that. Um, But it is what it is, I guess, and we'll see what happens to them uh but then Wolfsburg come up next at 80 to 1 uh with Champions League on their on their table and that's that's a big problem for them because they're going to be stretched they've had a, uh under a new manager they've have not done very well um in friendlies this summer and uh kind of struggled with a very much B team or or youth team from Atletico Madrid despite having like Saul Niguez out there or something like that but Saul isn't isn't enough and defensive midfielder or maybe in, in the midfield to be giving them Wolfsburg a, a team that is going to be in Champions League uh, enough of a challenge. So wonder if they're potentially a team that, that we could look to be against, uh, defensive club that are going to be favored based on playing in Champions League against a lot of the, the lower uh, Bundesliga sides and scoring goals. Vote Badbag horse can score, but still have has very little service um, and I don't really don't know or, or see how Wolfsburg can really balance the two competitions. Is so I think that's really going to zap their legs. Um, Eintracht Frankfurt to come up next at 125 to one. Lost their manager Adi Hutter, um, and when he announced he was leaving, they went from being a Champions League side to then falling out of that of that kind of competition. Unfortunately, they're in Europe though, and are going to have to be spending their they're i guess leg capital fatigue capital between the two competitions that's an issue for them um but they've got a lot of talent scored a lot of goals last season and really liked how they were performing for a while uh ertha berlin uh we in a relegation spat somehow came out of that have a ton of money based on some benefactor uh, but have not been performing well um new manager did come in club legend and, and was important to their survival their safety uh 250 to one long, long shot to anywhere near a title race. But um, next is Hoffenheim uh, offensive club that really were zapped by COVID and other injuries last season after starting off beating Bayern Munich really handily. Um, unfortunately, that didn't work out for them. So we'll see uh, what happens to them this season. Uh, not having to worry about two competitions. Uh, Union Berlin in the conference league is going to, going to really zap what was a very low resource side. Um, Great defense, great manager, great on set pieces were probably kept me afloat. If you can call it that last season. Um, I'm not sure at 300 to one that they're worth any type of look, uh, but they're going to be one of those sides. They're going to, going to basically build their team based on defense. And that might not be so good for them in the conference league or in this league in terms of trying to finish in that type of position again, But if they're looked at as an underdog, um, it's really hard for me to look away because they do everything you want an underdog to do. They don't give up easy goals. They can score when they have chances and they take their set pieces as well as anybody else. Um, Next, we have Stuttgart at 500 to 1. Kind of surprised to see them with their resources below Union Berlin, but that's a lot based, I think, on their order of finish last season, selling some players, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Stuttgart were a good offense that I think didn't do enough last season um, to kind of hide their defense and then had some struggle scoring later in the season. We'll see what happens with them. Freiburg who are a selling club, um, great performance last season, to even be in the discussion for European places. Uh, They're going to play the same way. They're going to need the ball need a lot of shots to score. Um, But they play kind of an interesting style and they're really aggressive, really physical. And that can beat up some other teams um, that maybe aren't as used to it. Mines with an incredible escape, last season and deserved a lot on their new manager sort of playing really good football. And I think it's some, someone I'd like to look at potentially backing, see if they can keep riding that uh, that momentum um, probably tough between seasons, but we'll see what happens uh, next Augsburg, just a disastrous club um, ultimately not good defense. And that's really what they were built on with no offense. So hard to want to really touch them though. They did have a good stretch of covering the spread for a while. Uh, Cologne survived the relegation playoff. Um, these are Augsburg and Cologne at a thousand one. I mean, it's probably not even worth saying the numbers anymore, but uh, they survived. They're uh, a yo-yo club that bounces a lot. Um, They're going to have to really fight relegation. It seems like every season they're in the league, um, but they did a good job last season of of escaping at at the end, I guess, but um, we'll see what happens to them this season, but same type of read going to struggle to score. And that's a big problem in this type of league. Uh, Armenia Bielefeld, probably the most surprising to stay up last season uh, and do it safely without relegation playoff or anything like that. Um, They did a great job, but there we'll see what happens. A lot of, a lot of their players on loan like Ritsu Doan from PSV Eindhoven. Um, He was a lot of their offensive uh, creativity. And if he's not back, which I don't think he is um, then that's going to, ask some questions about what they're going to do offensively Bochum came up as well as, as fourth and, uh, both are the longest of shots to, uh, remain in the league or to, to win the league. Excuse me. Um, don't have a great read of them, but it seems like they're going to be in a really tough financial position, uh, based on what their squad values are, are worth. Like Firth at 31 million, according to transfer market and Bochum at 40 million. Um, Those are really low with Bielefeld at 51 and then Cologne at 84. Like the number discrepancies between those clubs is incredible. Also seeing 31 million as the value. I guess Raya Vallecano does kind of rival that in in Spain, but like 140 as being the lowest in England shows the the differences in in the numbers between those leagues. But um, so that's my take. Don't want to spend too much on on clubs I don't really know much about at the bottom of the Bundesliga Uh, But have a top four finish option here at bet online. So that's, I believe, Champions League uh, entirely. So Leverkusen and and Mönchengladbach are in better positions for fatigue reasons to, or I guess, so this is without uh, Munich, which I guess they just don't offer that because they don't want to lose because there's no way they're finishing fifth. Okay, I'll move along from that. But anyway, Leverkusen getting odds to finish top four um, is interesting based on what their commitments are. Uh, the season, Gladbach, same sort of thing, but really trying to figure out kind of what their manager situations look like are, are things I need to discover or determine within the next couple of days. Uh, Wolfsburg as an underdog, nearly three to one. I wouldn't let that throw you off because they made the Champions League last season because it's going to be a fight for them, I think, to be spread between both competitions. And then we get even further to Frankfurt at seven to one. That's a big number, um, but they're going to be stretched with Europa League. And then Erta, with hard to trust them to do really anything of, of note. Um, and I think that's the stretch of uh, let's see if we can find a relegation uh, don't have that yet let's see if uh, I can get bailed out on Bovada uh, uh, I don't think I see anything that's worth it there unfortunately oh outright uh, uh, top goal scorer top four finish. Bundesliga, nothing. Okay. So, uh, nothing yet for relegation. We've got a couple days, I guess, till the seasons kick off. But uh, that is 49 minutes of uh, the three big leagues starting this weekend uh, discussion from me, the real underscore G Warner. Please, if you enjoyed what I did, like it or, or whatever. Um, Apple podcasts going to be there. Also, you can follow and, and read these things or potentially listen to them live on Twitter when I'm recording them via Podbean. Um, any suggestions, questions, whatever you want to throw my way, please do. Would love to try to make this a, a good season for all of us. So we can all be as, as profitable as possible. But uh, before, before I let you go, go through and say things I'm interested in or things I'm looking at in terms of futures, uh, Chelsea and Liverpool, both five to one to win the premier league. Um, In terms of uh, to be relegated, certainly all the clubs I got recently promoted. So Norwich, Watford, Brentford, all right around even money um, to be relegated. Um, And then top four finish, not that interested there. Top six finish, Leicester City is interesting to me. uh, Potentially hopping over uh, Tottenham Hotspur. And then uh, La Liga to win, Atletico Madrid looked nice to me. um, Then also potentially... Uh, that Spain a um, uh, top four finish in La Liga going through with Sevilla as, as getting odds right now. Uh, and then in terms of the Bundesliga, who will win it? I don't think that I can really do Borussia Dortmund at seven to one. I think Bayern's just always going to be so much better than the rest of these clubs. Um, but, Trying to find ways to bet against Leipzig seemed to be interesting to me at this point. And then potentially looking at top four finishes, um, doing a little bit of digging on Leverkusen and Mönchengladbach to potentially finish up there. Because I don't know that uh, the other clubs like Wolfsburg and Frankfurt are going to be able to be in that area. Plus, I think the club's towards the bottom. I don't think Stuttgart's done enough. Uh, Erta's really hard to trust union stretch spread between two and i don't think we're ever really going to be in that that type of picture anyway but that's 51 minutes thank you for joining um looking forward to doing a uh this weekend's lines type of podcast towards the end of the week maybe thursday or something like that uh enjoy your time uh be nice to each other wear a mask or whatever get vaccinated bye